welcome to Knock On Podcast, where we bring you archery information and education that you can trust. Knock On was created as a way to bring all archers together, regardless of the brand you choose or the style of archery you shoot. Knock On Podcasting will deliver professional insights to the latest gear, proper shooting technique, along with high-level equipment setup and tuning. Hey, 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 everybody. What's up? Knock On Podcast. This is awesome. We're at the conclusion of a very uh, secluded week or week plus at bear camp up here in the BC wilderness. And I've got Andy. I've got yep. Wes. You've heard. What's going on? And there's a new face at the table named Tony. Go, You do the last name. He. <laughs> you backed out. I could have done it that way. What's the proper way? <laughs> okay. I couldn't have done that. Tony, you he. <laughs> yep. Just yeah. one syllable. This was amazing, was it not? I thought what would be cool about this podcast, even though we're leaving a few people out, is that this crew was the first time up here. So for you guys, all three of you. So what's what do you think about I would like to start with what Tony thinks. <laughs> you oh, have yeah, to describe actually. this experience. I mean, it was pretty surreal. Monday morning, I was at work. I get a call. Um, <laughs> I'm in a meeting, and it's, can you get your butt up here for the weekend? And, you know, things kind of all clicked, and I'm out here in this secluded, wooded area, <laughs> beautiful lake in front of me. It's amazing. What... uh how much hunting had you done prior to this trip? Um, I think I had slung maybe five arrows at animals before this trip. <laughs> but been been successful. Yeah. In those five. Success rate's pretty high. <laughs> <laughs> you you have an amazing ability to research something, come well equipped, show up, take one pointer lesson, at least for me, maybe you had other ones, but you took one pointer and then next thing you know you sh- show up at the boat landing at night with the biggest bear, like hours after you land with the biggest bear in camp. Yeah, it might, it, it's close to like being a Boone Crockett. <laughs> I mean, the learning curve is very steep out here. and Like I'm surrounded by great guys who know way more than I do. And I mean, my first stock, I was out in the middle of the road and the bear saw me. Who would have guessed it? <laughs> <laughs> you were hiding in the middle yeah, of the road. Looked, it was all crunched. It was all crouched down. It looked good. You know? Yeah. <laughs> That's when I saw you right after that. You're like, man, I already had a stalk. <laughs> and you hadn't even met me from your, I mean, I hadn't even seen you f- since you landed at the airport. You were directly in putting gear on halfway here and like hunting back to camp essentially on the day of your arrival. And then I meet you on the road. You'd only been there maybe an, an hour at that point, you guys? Yeah. And you're like, yeah, I had a stalk already. And then you told me, and I said, okay, don't be in the middle of the road. <laughs> use the shadows. Use back cover. Cover ground when you can. And then next thing you know, I'm like watching you guys heave this monstrous bear out of the back of the ride. And you're like, look what he got. <laughs> And well, not to mention your um, your equipment. This is to me. This is probably the best part. On last minute notice, you were you only had sight pins for what set twenty yards and thirty yards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're coming in, and it's like the noisiest. It's super dry up here, so like any type of stalk, it just sounds like you're just you know stepping on megaphones. <laughs> and the uh, yeah, just the idea of okay, not only do we have to get a bear. Uh, but we have to get it within 30 at least. I was just like, oh, man, we're just going to be driving around for eight hours. <laughs> <laughs> but sure enough. What what do you what do you think of this style of hunting versus, you know, you started out, I think, with whitetails, correct? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, these are so different being, you know, kind of sitting, being at a food source, you know, I think Multiple targets come in versus out here you're covering, you know, h- hundreds of miles and you're just waiting for like one opportunity with a completely unknown set of variables. There's no variables you know. 
when you come around a corner, you might know, hey, we've seen a bear here. But where that bear is, what the wind's doing, and then, like like you said, the sound of whatever it is that you're approaching with, and then just the angle of the shadows, like those things every turn are a complete unknown variable. So you just have to adapt so quickly, which I think is why when I, whenever I see people get their first up here, they just look like they've tackled this huge feat versus seeing someone that shoots something out of a turkey blind or out of a tree stand. It's I, I just feel like you're way more connected with this style of hunting. I agree. I think spot and stalk is a whole different world from sitting in a, a blind. Um, you know, when we were hunting, I, I felt like the wind shifted and, you know, that animal looks at you and you just cannot move <laughs> because you're there in his sight, you know. It's, you yeah, can't. like on your second stalk. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He pegged you, but you just were just frozen for sure. Luckily, oh, yeah. I wasn't in the middle of the road that time. <laughs> <laughs> Fast learner. And then what? the next day, so you roll in with the biggest bear in camp. Then the next day, you guys were gone maybe an hour or two again Yeah. at the most. And you pull in a picture-perfect stock on a chocolate. Beautiful color. <laughs> <laughs> and still he has no idea. Like, I'm just in the, I'm sort of like hanging back. And I'm just like, man, this is no way he's about to pull this off. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate where your headspace is. <laughs> yeah, like, Those would have been my thoughts too. Yeah. For the confidence. Because I mean, it's like, I'm like ranging the bear. I'm ranging Tony. It's like 80 yards. And it's just like gravel and like the driest grass you've ever seen. <laughs> like in between, you know. I'm just like, okay, well. You know, hopefully he gets, you know, he can get somewhat close. And sure enough, it's like, keeps getting closer, keeps getting closer. And then the bear spooks. Yeah. The wind shifted. And I'm like, oh, okay. And he goes around this corner. And I'm like, I can't see, but I keep looking at Tony. I'm like, well, he's certainly not acting like it's spooked. Because yeah. he's still all, you know, like game faced out, you know. Well, no, he was in full ninja squat. Oh, exactly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, full ninja squat. Absolutely. In a shadow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so I was like, well, something, they must still see him, see this bear or... I don't know what's going on. Maybe there's another one. And sure enough, I, I'm just looking and all of a sudden he draws back. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, we, uh, it went off. I mean, you could obviously probably tell the story better than I do, but it goes off. I'm like, did you drill it? And Nick's like, yeah, perfect shot. We go and look and find no blood. And that day we had the dogs in the back of the truck and like, we let the dogs out and they just like hopped out 10 feet later, like behind this log. Like, oh, <laughs> no way. Part of it needs to be added that story is before we got to Timmy Horton's where I was trying to change into camo and keep him in his street clothes so I'd be the only one who could jump out of the truck. We <laughs> saw one on the way back. He uh, pulls up this Google image of a bear and it's vital. He's like, do you shoot him here? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, so he, uh, you had a hell of a journey. I, I did. Yeah. Uh, I wanted it to be known, though, I did air out my pins that morning. So uh, yeah. On the round two. On round two. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was able to shoot up to 60, but I got within 30. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you've got a near booner, black bear, a color bear, both shots 30 or less in a maximum amount of time, which boots on the ground, what do you think? Four hours? Yeah. So, like, where does your bow hunting life go from here? That's the question. Downhill, let me answer that for you. Yeah. <laughs> I might need to transition to a longbow, I think. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just one quiver of compound arrows, and that's that's good. Just yep. move on, you know. You're up to five now, and you're yeah. like, yep, going to have to try out that trad. <laughs> that's uh, unreal. And this was your first time shooting a handheld release? Correct. Um, a thumb release. Yep. Not to it, not right? Not to it. Yeah. Did you have um, only a wrist strap before? I did. Has Have you got any type of um, shooting lessons at all except from West? That when you got set up with the dealer, did they work with you at all for a little while? or When I was trying to sight in my 20 and 30 pins, they kind of got you dialed for that. Help show where to anchor on my face. But I maybe got two hours of practice in before this trip. <laughs> <laughs> It just nails it, you son of a bitch. Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, yeah, that was, that first stalk was technical in the sense that, like, you could have done a bunch of things wrong, and you didn't, which I was just sort of blown away about. 
just because it was you're, you're sort of stalking uphill. I was right behind him, and you're sort of going uphill to this sort of like plateau landing where this bear was, and so like you didn't know where it was, but you could have popped over and you could have been three feet from him, you could have been sixty yards from him, and I'm like, so I'm hanging back because I don't want to pop up and blow it for Tony, and then like he just sort of like. <laughs> I will never forget this for as long as I live. Because the whole time I'm thinking like, oh, okay, we got to get within 20 or whatever, 25. And he like pops up and he like pops right back down. And he looks at me. He's like, he just gives me like the two zero twenty, And I was like, no way. <laughs> <laughs> like somehow this is about to happen. But yeah. Yeah. We popped over that hill and all I could see was the, the top of the bear's back. He was behind a log. So he had no idea we were there. And I ranged him. I must have ranged him five times because I couldn't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, that yeah. is awesome. I mean, ra- that's that's actually something else that a lot of people make the mistake of doing. They go up and range one time. And in those moments, a lot of people do have some nerves. They're shaking a little bit. And it's easy to not range that target. But mm-hmm. because you're there and you – in a way, it's like it's almost like a buck fever where – you're not you're not totally comfortable with being that excited about it that you want to just close the deal like real quick so mm-hmm. you get that range and you're like just make the shot sometimes those extra few ranges are important just for letting your mind chill out a little bit cuz that's like the start of getting in a rush mode and then i've i've been there and made a lot of mistakes like ended up ranging the wrong thing and um or even just forgetting my shot process and just making it, you know, making a quick shot because I feel like everything's so perfect that I want to capitalize on it like immediately instead of giving it just that little bit of extra time to confirm and make sure you make a good shot. I mean, that's, that's what I wanted to ask you. Like for both stocks, you said there was like no buck fever, no nerves, no nothing. Like explain that and how that was avoided. Cause I feel like, for somebody with your experience, it would have been like, oh, man, like I really – Potentially You're coming here. You're with a bunch of people that are super experienced. Like you don't want to be the guy that like does some really s- dumb stuff, you know, like a bunch of different stuff, factors, and you're just like, oh, no, Yeah, because we've all been in that camp where we're the guy thinking, oh, man. <laughs> oh, <laughs> These yeah. are all just veterans at their craft, and <laughs> yeah, exactly. here I am like trying not to like shit in my bed type thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's just inherent ninja skills. <laughs> um, no, it's it's weird because when, when I focus, you know, on that animal and I'm looking through at my pen, like nothing else is there but that animal. And it's just very calm for me. It's a, it's a weird feeling. Yeah, that's – some people get that way in those, in those types of situations. And for me, I, I felt that too when I competed – I felt like it was harder, really hard for me to focus on practice. But when I had just a little bit of pressure on, it's like my ability to really just do what I do the best I can. It just, it almost has to happen then versus being in an environment where there's not a necessity for me to be at my best type thing. I don't know if that's a good way to explain it, but if I do have a little bit of that pressure and I even say that out here when I'm hunting, I get tunnel vision down. As soon as as soon as I'm into that checkmate mode, I just feel like for whatever reason I perform really good in that moment and my confidence like from that moment of in my mind like this sh- th- like this is it. I have exactly what I want in this like game over there's just this moment where I don't have any doubt in there. It's pretty cool that you get that that fast. Yeah, and you had it so bad, you had no idea what the bear was doing when I was asking you, like, well, which way was he facing? You're like, I have no idea. (laughs) Right (laughs) after the shot. (laughs) I was trying to figure out, like, where he hit it. You know, like, should we go look for it right now? Like, was it facing right or left? He's like, hmm, I don't know. (laughs) Did you find that with guitar? Like, when you'd play guitar? Do you feel like when Every now and then. And if anybody listening here is like plays an instrument, I, I don't know. I mean, I would imagine they've experienced it, but you get, I almost would compare it to like a runner's mile mm-hmm. where like some days for whatever reason you'd pick it up and it would be like, I would be like watching my fingers do stuff to where like, I'm like, whoa, what, 
how is this happening you know <laughs> and then like for two weeks after that you pick it up and it'd just be like this like sludge where you're just like ugh, it's not working out and then every now and then you just something would happen i don't know it's hard to explain but yeah you'd get in these yeah for sure i mean you know two three years of my life was just sort of like given to that instrument of yeah where you just it's all i did you know you pick it up and then okay well nine hours later you've been playing the same four notes trying to do this and it's like what happened to life <laughs> <laughs> and my dad had the same questions yeah. <laughs> well did you when you did some live stuff though do you feel like you were able to kind of get in that flow state better than when you're in practice for sure because it gets you out of your head yep see that's yeah. what i was saying that's why i think it in some ways there is performance anxiety but there's also like this for some people if if they're capable that there's like almost like a performance I don't know, like a premium performance that's there once there's a little a little bit of pressure, then you can be yep. at your at your highest skill. Yep. Um And even when you screw up you sort of like you're able to like I don't know, like that sort of focus in that moment allows you to just be like, Okay, cool. Like mm -hmm. you know, keep rolling. Cover. Yeah. Like no problem. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Hats off to you, man. That's <laughs> super accelerated bow hunting stuff hey tony fuck you <laughs> <laughs> no that's awesome man yeah wes your hunts were unreal too wes rolls in here never black bear hunted it at all right no i don't think i've shot my bow out of a blind or just man <laughs> i'm trying to think no i haven't no never hunted black bear uh seen like one or two in my life in arizona hunting elk but uh i had no idea what to expect but it's interesting my big takeaway is that it's that it's that thing of stalking which I love and 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 which is you know it, that you have to balance being super aggressive and super like laid back defensive mm -hmm. and if you can sort of balance those two, you can have a lot of success, especially you know if conditions are right and that stuff stuff but my first first bear I looked out in the first morning, we sort of bombed up this mountain to like. We saw it sort of way up the top, sort of went up behind the mountain, came over the top, and sure enough, it was still there and was able to sort of like, and that wasn't something new for me because I had to like chill out from going like full speed up, heart rate, heart beating to like, okay, sit down and like try to slow it way down because I could definitely feel my heart just beating from being out of breath, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, okay, this is something new for sure. Well, you're kind of describing it lightly though. This this mountain that we're talking about, it's it's a decent size mountain i mean it's a legit yeah a legit we, we explored it some yesterday which i'm sure we'll talk about <laughs> <laughs> it's a legit sized mountain mm. and when you spot a bear up there it's just a speck yeah, and a we're one. out on, we're out on the lake like looking from the far side of the lake so that we have angle to see more of this mountain and it's you know gigantic a mile or two long i would say easy eh? yeah and there's no there's no trails up it so it's no. like you're going up to the timber and it's just like you're slogging through it big time. <laughs> yeah. Um, but luckily Nick, who runs the camp out here, has who we're hunting with, I don't know if it was luck or just like incredible experience on that mountain, but he like, we shot out of this timber 60 yards from this bear. Yeah. Like, and we could have gone anywhere. And I was like, oh my God. Because you didn't <laughs> have any spotters. Yeah. You had no, no, no spotters. You're talking two to 3,000 feet climb, I think. Yeah, for you sure. Know. Looking about, at something that just looks like a pea on the on the mountain, and then and I have like this morning one, so I have no idea. Like, okay, well, is this normal? Is this not normal? Like, <laughs> yep. Or are we going? Because the plan was like, okay, we'll, we'll we'll bomb up this thing, and and if it's still there, of course we'll go after. It. If it's not, we'll we'll just sort of like go to the very top, which would have only been like another two or three hundred feet, and then we're just gonna like sit there and wait for him to like come out below, beneath us. Yeah, because that mountain is steep enough to where you would you. Would, I don't think you would even really want to hunt them if you were below them. No, it just you can't. Work out. Especially the wind. Yeah, yeah, the winds. You always, it's always coming up on that mountain. It's always up for sure. But um, no, it was. I, uh, I think I shot at fifty. Which looking back, I was like, probably should have. He was feeding to to me, and so it's sort of like a learning lesson for me, which was like, okay, well, just sort of chill out. You know, like this was day one of six. I think, <laughs> <laughs> like, let him get a little closer because I hit him back. I hit him like liver some sort of guts and I, and I as the arrows going in the air I could see it and I was like oh no so I'm like already you know knocking another one <laughs> another one and so like he like he like flipped over 
spun around and he's like looking at me and now he's at like 60 so i shoot another one and that luckily that one was okay but you know sort of it was one of those things where it's like you know i've been in a lot of those hunts where and i'm sure people listening and that you'll hear have been experienced this where people shoot and they just look at the animal and they're just like you're like hey reload yeah, <laughs> <You know>? yeah. <laughs> luckily that did not happen to me yeah <laughs> you know where i was like just watching i'm that it. way too even even the one that i shot which was up on the same mountain by the time that bear had like rolled which he was expired in like seconds yeah when dusty pans up i've already got an arrow like on my string yeah. and even though i saw it hit x marks the spot mm-hmm. the first thing my right hand is doing is always going to my quiver and i'm just putting another one in the chamber and just being ready because yeah their success at least when it comes to punching a tag there's been a lot of times where people kind of being in shock at the moment or like celebrating too soon instead of just sending a, fo- a follow-up volley yeah has um has cost them you know yeah. My, and I love the other for favorite part of that hunt for me was the packing it out mm-hmm. on the, you know, finding a log, putting it over your shoulder and packing those quarters out and backstrap. Yeah. That was legit. Just cause you were, it was super war- rewarding sort of going up that mountain and then coming back down with this log of meat, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. it felt, it felt sort of legit, but, um, no, it was such an amazing experience. It was something like, yeah, it's hard to, to describe, but if you do it, I'll tell you what the, this is the perfect place to get a really unique level of experience because there's enough targets to where you're not like just, you know, killing yourself trying to find like a bear. Yeah. You know, like you can, there's there, the density is high enough to where, and it's hard enough to where like you can't really make many mistakes once you get within 70 yards or so, yeah. you know? So. I feel like it changes people. I've brought a lot of people up here and, and just watched them come up here like in deer, like in Turkey and then doing this. And then from here, people get like the elk itch. Mm, for you sure, know, they'll then all of a sudden, you know, it'll either be muleys first or elk first, and then it immediately goes to the other. And then next thing you know, they're like trying to do spot and stock antelope. It it seems like the perfect segue. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna try to do spot and stock no bait South Texas this winter. That'd be good. You know, just sort of put in some some pounds and miles and just sort of see what I can do. I probably make a fool out of myself but i, I, I you'll bet. learn a ton oh yeah. for sure just because that it would be interesting to see if you can pull it off black bear is like a gateway drug <laughs> oh <laughs> tony comes back <laughs> uh, tony was telling everybody last night he's like this my life has changed now <laughs> well, saw it happen psych me out and he was like tony bring all the rages you can <laughs> <laughs> which actually was good advice yeah. yeah it's true yeah it was good advice there's no you're not gonna like find find anything you need within three hours of here no or or at least a two or three day wait on amazon because you just can't expect nobody would have guessed that tony would require two out of the 28 or 400 dollars worth of rages that you <laughs> bought Texas <laughs> no longer has rage arrows in <laughs> that's awesome yes it is and then your second beer wes was so polar opposite of the first oh yeah it was uh you know it was like one of those where we were driving around and then sort of see this this color bear and then it, you know it was like I don't know it's hard to describe but it was it was a different ex- completely different experience one that um, that I felt so much more comfortable in now that after that first one and the recovery and all that stuff to where yeah just sort of like trying to figure out okay well. Am I going to be aggressive? Am I going to sort of like lay back, let this th- let this thing happen? And luckily, it worked out. But it was it was a great deal. And it was a colored bear that was in a full burn. Like literally, it looked like. Yeah, a- it was interesting. It was like sort of where a forest fire had gone through, and and this guy, had, there was a patch of green. We saw it sort of run off the road, and it was not. It, we were all on sort of like level ground, so I hopped out and. There was a patch of green in the middle of this sort of burned area that was just miles across, about 150 yards away from where the bear was, and so 250 yards away from where I was. And so essentially, I just followed it. And luckily, it was soup that sort of all that ash and that charcoal was like super quiet. And I would just sort of stay behind him. And, and as he would turn and all that stuff, it was weird. It was, it, it, 
it would have been a funny video to see because it was it was not really stalking. It was more like dancing because I was just trying to like stay right behind his his, his tail. ears. Yeah, exactly yeah. the entire time. So I'd just do these big swings, and then he'd stop, and I'd try to like you know crush ground, you know make forward progress, and then got within thirty five or forty, and then you know it was it was definitely one of those stalks that. You had to be aggressive because a lot of hunters, I think, would not even have attempted it. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, let's get back in the truck. Like, that is not going to work. Yeah. Somehow I was able to pull it off. <laughs> but, you know, it was funny. I had, like, my mask on, my Sitka mask on, a hoodie and all this stuff. And I kept thinking, like, if that thing turns around, that ain't doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> in this black wasteland. <laughs> it is such a cool picture. It looks like like a nuclear bomb hit it. Yeah, it's, it's just nothing but just burnt stumps and red and dark ash with yeah. you know it look you could have been on the moon or something for sure it's, and it's such a the chocolates are just beautiful up here you know i know i didn't i had no idea the color variation of black bears you know what's strange is no one um in this in this room right now ever has came back and said that they kind of felt edgy around the bear like no one's had a problem of like how close do i get to one if i hit it and he turns around oh yeah no one's no yeah. one's even really thought like said much about that whereas in the most of the bear camps i've been in you get new people come they're like so will the bear attack at what time you know <laughs> these type things <laughs> i mean none of you have seen reluctant to try to get close or oh no to, to definitely not yeah i know tony like because I, I texted him because I like you know Tony mentioned Tony was had nothing going on this weekend and then in the span of fifteen <laughs> minutes like booked an entire BC bear hunt but <laughs> like the first couple of days because so we got here before Tony and I texted him I was like man just chasing these bears through the woods is awesome and I think like like the way that you interpreted it was like there's this high level of risk involved but no no it's not it's not really I never really felt that I just. I mean, my plan, if that thing comes, was that RX-3 was going to be a baseball bat. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like, I don't care. You're getting it, you know. Um, But, you know, it's it's, there are certain situations where I would imagine, like, you really wouldn't want to walk into certain areas, certain sort of things, aspects of timber or something like that, where, you know, you you would definitely feel like, okay, well, something negative could happen potentially. Well, and I was on a stalk on a colored bear, and – saw another bear coming out and kind of stepped into a shadow i was all ready i told dusty i said there's another bear coming out right here and then just boom grizz just steps right out of like 36 yards and we're 300 yards from the truck you know mm-hmm. we're pegged in the open just standing in the shadow and I kind of looked back. Ours is up the hill probably 15 degrees for 300 yards back to like get to a safe enclosure and that bear turned around and just looked at us and then just like squared off to us on the road and i'm thinking well <laughs> i know i can outrun dust so that's all we need i saw we saw that big one when you and dusty were coming down off of onion mountain yeah we saw that grizz walking on the shore yeah like that it had a presence to it that was unique is it, where, like, did if you, you feel s- that? Oh yeah. Okay. Where if you saw that thing, if if I was within twenty, thirty yards from that, it would be a totally yep. different environment. Yeah. They walked. It, looked, and it was just, just like walking, and it looked out to that boat and had this beautiful like yellow head, and you're just like, ooh man, like that's that's it, something that can kill me. The <laughs> alpha has arrived. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's funny the the vibe they throw out. Mm-hmm. I, I've always told people that Grizz are like my favorite. Um, just because when you are around them and you get to feel that, it's just it's awesome because they they don't like emit this aggression to where it's intimidating. It's almost like the lack of any response yeah. is what's intimidating. And you said that like when you were uh, teaching in buds, you said you always felt like you had more of an impact when you were like quiet. Quieter you talk, the more they have to listen. Yeah. And it freaks them out more. (laughs) I think that's what the Grizz is throwing out. Yeah, Bud's instructor style. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You want some of this? Come get I 100% totally agree. Because I was in a a boat. 
hundred yards away, like no worries. It was <laughs> like, oh man, look at that thing. You know, like it was definitely had this presence that was very unique. So, or if it had started swimming towards you, you would have had <laughs> worries. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That would. That's what could have cha- been the game changer. You know, me and Dusty come walking down that mountain with like a big shish kebab just yeah. pop out on the beach with like oh hey guys hey <laughs> 200 pounds of fresh meat on a bob anyone you know yeah that's that's what gets a little sketchy but uh i just love it up here the uh the ability to like reset my mind for the upcoming hunting year mm-hmm. it always happens here because i'm far enough away from deer season where i'm getting an itch to to hunt again yeah you know but i don't think i'd want to just dive into like full-blown whitetail mode but this is like you come here you're hunting some you're almost like restarting the whole system because you're you're having to move again for sure you know you're having to reorganize your gear no it's nice like i kept thinking to myself like man it is fun wearing camo walking around the woods in may yep you know yeah because it's not something you normally anticipate or think about so it was like yeah this beautiful country that you're hiking through and you have a bow in your hands and you're wearing camo yeah and it's half half a calendar away from doing that with elk which i think everybody misses for sure and this is that same type of vibe at least especially in camp in camp life and you know it's just fun to be able to get out and get your wilderness woke up in your body when you're cruising along these lakes with look like glass and the cold air and last night we had a huge bonfire waiting for you guys to come in and trevor and andy come pull we're all tagged out there's only two at least tags guys left, that, yeah. yeah two tags left you and guys bad radio communication poor <laughs> radio communication we had no idea it's the last night and me and wes are sitting there with dusty and nick and Dude, when you guys came out of that boat and we could see two black capes just draped over you and Trev, we're just like, yeah, <laughs> like that echo, that probably echoed three miles down the down the lake. Oh yeah, yeah. What do you think? What, how was your experience? It was good. I mean, this trip was wild for me, just given the amount of travel I did in the middle of it. Yeah, to come here to Prince George Drive into god knows where we are to hunt for eight hours to drive back to get on a plane to go to new york yep to come back pick up tony the asian sensation (laughs) (laughs) and uh start hunting again and that first day we saw quite a few but didn't really have any opportunities dude you were you had a stock to 20 yards but i didn't have an opportunity to shoot (laughs) <laughs> that's an opportunity you had him at i would have had to shoot a bush first <laughs> if you if you make a stock and get within 20 if you're ranging solid at 32 and then decide to get to 20 that's that is a hundred percent okay counts. so i i had an opportunity to have a to stock i was never presented with a chance to actually shoot him <laughs> okay uh, that's why okay. i kept moving is because i could not find a window so that was awesome um came back and then the first two days were a little bit slower than the first day we would see stuff the wind was gusting that one day that's we saw some good bears but when we would see them they were in the road looking at us and we were upwind it's like hi and they just would bail and so we had that over and over again and which i i could care less because it's so beautiful up here just driving around laughing hard and often and came around yesterday uh, we took a path that we had normally taken, but we had always come back, and this time we just went through because it linked up to a road that went over by the logging farm. And we're driving back, and a farmer comes screaming down a hill. He's like, hey, you guys looking for a bear? Like, Are you kidding me? I didn't hear that. No, I didn't either. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, first, we'll get back to that. First in the morning today, yesterday, we were going to use some dogs. And I had never seen that because, remember, we were gonna, Tony was going to use the dogs, and I, for a second bear yeah. for a second bear and i had never seen that and then i heard that he didn't and nick happened to be with us yesterday morning i'm like dude send the dogs let's yeah. check it out yeah. i don't know um how i feel about the dogs <laughs> we we had some technological issues on the first one they they came back yeah um 
So we got in the cars, we started driving again, encountered one that was just crossing the road. The dogs were right there, though, physically saw it and took off. And, you know, Nick's like, hey, let's, that GPS thing is really cool to be able to see where they are. Yeah. If they're separated, if they're a packet, lets you know when they bark. Yeah. Which, and I don't know what any of that stuff means, but I just thought it was cool. You could watch it in relatively real, t- uh, real time. So they go in and they go in three, three quarters of a mile. Yeah. Uh, and when I say three quarters of a mile, it's like navigating in the jungle. It will yeah. take you two hours to go 100 feet. <laughs> so that three quarters of a mile, we decided to go in there because we heard them barking, which I guess yeah. means they went up in a tree. Yeah. So, or he's bad, yeah. So, we took everybody. Uh, Tony was pacing with excitement, so he came <laughs> along for the journey. Wes <laughs> came along for the journey. Oh, Britt yeah. Brit came with us, and Nick, so we bomb in. <coughs> and um, we meandered a bit uh, from east to west and north <laughs> to south. And we were like in deep timber in these little pockets where we're having a hard time getting line of sight to the, mm-hmm. the satellite. So, yep. there was this crazy delay. We go from the edge of this, uh, up to this edge of the clearing, and we just start bombing through it. Two steps in, I'm like, man, why are my feet so cold? <laughs> I look down, I'm like, oh, well, your legs are going into the bog up to your <laughs> mid-shin. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I turn around, and Tony has got his camera out just filming. He's like, this is the most awesome thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> Mind you, it's pretty hot. Full mask, Yoko Ono sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> so... That's what was behind me. I'm dying. And uh, Ooh, so God. we keep going, and it's bog, and then timber, and then hill, and then... Well, you forgot, like, that. it was definitely a little tough on the morale when it would be like, okay, how far are we from the dog? Yeah. Oh, they're baited up. Okay, we're 880 yards. And then we would just, like, Let me plow go f- through this for, like, 20, 30 minutes, just, like, this tough terrain, cover some, cover some ground, and be like, okay, how far are we? Seven eighty. Seven eighty. What? Like where are we going on a f- like we're fanning out coming in? Was, yeah. Something something was up. So we they the dogs got to a place where the satellite was pinging better and we found it we eventually made our way there. And but then we get there and for whatever reason the dogs just leave. So we never saw the bear. So we walked all the way to the top of this terrain feature, which is where the uh Wes was talking to you on the radio. And uh Nick's like, All right, let's walk back and I was thinking the exact same thing Wes was. He said at first, was, where's the nearest road? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's get to the nearest road. We'll call a bird in on the radio. So we decided that they were going to go back the way that we had come because that's where the dogs were going. We decided to make our own journey. And so that uh, Nick could track us, he gave us a dog collar. And we put it on Tony's neck <laughs> and made him carry it the entire time. <laughs> and yeah. so, he, yeah, it wasn't hazing. We just told him that <laughs> it got better reception a, with the antenna if it was higher up. I'm the shortest guy out here. <laughs> <laughs> so we bombed down to a road and, you know, found a ditch and made some, you know, wilderness lazy boys and just were sitting there with our shoes off, letting our feet dry. And then all of a sudden, Nick and <laughs> Britt walk up. I'm like, what? Yeah. They're like, yeah, your idea was better. <laughs> so we were able to get a whole, we, I think we relayed through you guys and got yep. a little Bert, and he came right to us. And then, so Bert and I took off after that. These guys, I think, went into town. And it wasn't until an hour before we were at the boat launch, which we were trying to be there by 8.30. So 7.30, we're driving along. Farmer comes bombing down. Hey, are you guys looking for a bear? Yes, we happen to be looking for a bear. Do you happen to know where one is? <laughs> <laughs> like, just around the corner. Right over there by that tree on the right-hand side of the road, he's eating down in the grass. So uh, Bert was like, you know, he's like, I'm the farmer. This is my land. You guys have permission to go home. I'm like, Roger that. Yeah. Yeah. So we go bombing down, and the wind was wrong for where we were, so we knew we were going to have to go past. So he just needed to tolerate the vehicle going by one time. Yeah. And he it was, the road was slightly elevated. Yeah. And he was down into the first layer of trees, and and he was eating as we went by, and I kind of just... Looked at him as we went by, and he he was totally chill. He he wasn't bothered by the car at all. So mm-hmm. he creeped up, hopped out, kicked the shoes off, freaking whisper quiet mode on the old socks, and just started rolling in. And I think I probably I don't know started at a hundred, and it was optimal for me and completely not optimal for that bear because if I hug the right hand side of the road, I could block everything with the left hand side of the road. Yeah. So I just would look, figure out where I needed to come up next, so I'd have some dead space, and I would just hunker down and literally ran slowly would come back up yep he's still there put my head down ran and finally came over to a tree that was on the edge of the road and he was just like you know kind of just rooting around and eating so i had a better i think i was at 23 at that point but i had a better shooting position but i didn't want to laterally 
you know, I didn't want to step sideways, so I just backtracked to the other side of the road, came over, came up, awesome open window, and I just reached down and lays, and the whole two zero, I'm like, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even need to move the dial, and uh, I mean, I was set up, so I just took a breath, actually looked down at my feet to make sure my feet were correct, <laughs> drew back, and uh, put a good arrow just tight right by the uh, front shoulder, Yep, and freaking goes up a tree <laughs> and which i'm immediately in my head i'm thinking oh man we had this happen in alberta we we didn't yep. see it but i'm like this is what happened yeah. I'm like oh it makes sense to me now because it hit him good and, and like he was already you know blood was coming out of his mouth and he goes up this thing and he's sitting there and so bert comes down now and he's like how did I, bert's like how did it go and in my head, I'm thinking you don't see the bear in the tree up there <laughs> <laughs> and then he looks he's like oh he's still alive and uh it he was filming. He was right behind you, but he was filming with his phone, so I don't think he could yeah. see where the hits were. <clears throat> so the bear was getting ready to come down, and like I was telling you this morning, one thing that I'm learning as I continue to do hunts for whichever animal species it might be is when I need to do things to be ready. So as before yeah. he even came down, I was already at full draw, and in my head, in my head if I'm being honest, I was just thinking to myself, I dare you to put a foot on the ground right now. <laughs> <laughs> And he did, and that arrow was on its way relatively quickly, and that was it. That was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And then the farmer came back, like, helped us. He's like, yeah, just go down right here. And, like, we were out of there in five minutes, and that guy couldn't have been happier. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard for people to understand the difference in, you know, (coughs) if you live in Iowa and told someone you hunt bears, they'd be like, there's not enough bears to even hunt. Then, you know, you come here, and it's a whole different whole different thing the farmers are you know they know that they need to be controlled too so he had uh, just had he had cows on the other side of the road and one of them just calved okay so he he was extremely happy that somebody had come by with a tag that's awesome yeah that's super cool i didn't hear that part of the story no we would have i mean we would have seen him because it was literally 100 yards down the road we definitely would have seen that bear where he was but it was cool to be preloaded with that deck of information what uh Wes, yeah. you're you're a gear junkie. Oh yeah. What pieces of gear do you think were like game changers here? And is there anything that you would tweak? Um <clears throat> for me it was that uh the Sitka Bino Vivi thing. Yeah. With the rangefinder on the side. Mm-hmm. Just because you once you get out of the truck, like you got it it you're able to take everything you're gonna need to sort of Mm-hmm. get up close and and finish it off the, the other thing was those like sneak tech like like boot covers yeah with like uh bird, soft like, steps or whatever they were yeah, I, don't know, I don't know what the exact name was but felt uh, pads uh, basically in the bottom Wes of your and i saw them somewhere and i told them that up here you either need to bring extra like super thick socks to just pull over your own socks um or i've used sneaky feet i've used like rancho feet and then um trying to think there's like a james carlton like felt feet at one time and these ones here they they just look like they had a slightly better design i i wore mine all day every day yeah and i actually did you really yeah all made, day every made day made a huge difference huge because huh. i'd be with tony and like when and sort of helping him out and i would have to lay back because it could just i was just crunching so bad mm-hmm. and you'd hear him it was just like, but um no i think that yeah, just the binos, the rangefinder, all right there on your chest, having that sort of out of the way, but also super easily accessible. That was the, you know, and like that Sitka pattern, subalpine, could not be better for this area. Isn't yeah. it a little bit nuts how yeah, good like it works? You cannot. We were hiking through that, that timber yesterday, yep. and it was like people would get like 30, 40 yards in front, and you'd be like, wait, where's everybody at? Yeah. I can, why can I hear you but not see you? It was unreal. So the, um, but yeah, it's like, you know, certain things that I don't need is like a bow sling. Yeah. Thinking about, okay, well, I didn't that. Well, no, that's just going to get in the way. Or, you know, like I didn't really need, well, the other thing is like layering pr- properly. I would have like a t-shirt on and then this like jacket that I'm wearing now, which is like too hot for any type yeah. of movement, you know? But yeah. no, I think having the hood, having the mask and, and if you can combine that with good wind, like you're golden. Oh yeah. So it's, it's if anybody's listening sort of curious about getting into bear hunting i would say the spot and stalk 
compared like absolutely do that versus baited just because mm-hmm. especially out here with Chilcote and River Outfitters yeah. like the you're going to have opportunities and it's going to be so much more rewarding for anything that you do yeah as opposed to sitting in a tree looking at a barrel so Tony yes what are gear gear pieces that even even you being out here in like a camp environment for the first time what do you find useful I mean I love the bino bivy myself um, well, hold on to be tell the truth you learned a good gear issue on this trip this was that one don't make your own magnets. Aren't you missing oh, something? That's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> oh. You're going to call me out. Well, uh, we're talking about gear. What yeah. did you learn from? Well, what happened and what did you learn from it? Because I've been exactly where you are, which is why I have my gear set up the way that it is. So basically, after we tagged out on that first bear, we were lugging him down this hill. And it was through a creek, through these logs. And this we bear were, was big oh. and dead weight like you've uh, no <laughs> and it was just just like the right size where you felt like you could with two people you could move it which was like with an elk you're like okay well this thing happened yeah you know but this was like just gave you enough movement to where but no good yeah. so i had my rangefinder which i had never used before this was the first trip <laughs> um, so, yeah, we also we'll cover the binos but go ahead tied to my bivy using a magnet and I had forgot my permanent like strap down for that rangefinder, and so it came off, and I didn't realize I was missing it until the drive home, and I was like, "Ah, oh, shit!" <laughs> <laughs> you used your own magnet. I w- the magnets we have are so strong that ninety percent of the time they're like it's you have to like pop them to get them off. Well, the other thing, he- but if I'm traveling, I always remove it and then just hook the the little loop that you have going to the magnet. Hook that on the actual bino harness hook. Um, especially if you know that you're going to be doing, I mean, I was chopping a tree down and mine kind of came off. So, well, you also had modified your magnet for for silence. I put a little piece of felt between the magnets to keep it. So it was like half mag. (laughs) You guys did not find the rangefinder, right? We did. We did. We did. They would have been a better lesson learned if they hadn't. It was a, you know, a standard, you know, amateur hour Tony experience, which was, He's like looking, I'm looking, we're, I'm watching Tony look for this rangefinder going, at no point was the bear that we drug anywhere near where you're standing. <laughs> <laughs> so I go where I see like where the bear, you know, laid down and I just follow this huge drag <laughs> all down this creek. And finally we get to this creek crossing where Tony's like, I think it was right here where we crossed. And I could see the rangefinder literally six inches from his foot. <laughs> <laughs> Tony's got a like a soft real tree camo case on it though, oh, so okay. it was like, you know, it's like not what you want to lose. <laughs> and so I was like, hey, well, wh- where do you think it is? And I was like, hey, Tony, look down. <laughs> I was looking at the creek. I thought it might have floated away, but so while we're talking gear on that, why don't you hit on the on your uh, bino where where you're at with your binos? Yeah, so, uh, Slight like a hundred percent different than your camo rangefinder case. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. I didn't own a pair of binos until this trip. Um, I'd ordered them Monday, and they were delivered Wednesday. Um, but they are this bright, what I like to call hunter orange, pair of Suaros. So awesome. <laughs> they're marine binos. orange, and by that I mean boating marine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there is zero percent chance I will ever lose these. Oh, that's <laughs> not, not, what, not what you want to uh, say. Not, actually, <laughs> yeah. Okay. But yeah, I mean, you liked them though, right? Oh. Range finders, everything. Dude, equipment was on point. They're definitely clearer than my Zeiss, for sure. That's that is best. probably some of the clearest glass I've ever seen. Yeah. I, I thought uh, the, the Mavens that I use are awesome, but I tell you what, man, there was, you could see it. For sure. Yeah. So what's next for you, boys? i got to go back to work. <laughs> I'm going. Don't we all? I'm in uh, I'm in that mode now where I don't think I'll be hunting until August, going to mule deer at Dundrette. <laughs> I was talking to Dudley about that this morning. I think... I'm in the same place. But I like what he said about being able to get a little bit in to keep the juices and, you know, get recharged and then have that break in between to physically prepare. I mean, you guys have all been elk hunting. You know the deal. It's it's uh, an endurance sport for sure. Oh, Except yeah. for you probably, Tony. You'll probably have a <laughs> yeah 500-inch bull come to four <laughs> yards and take a nap <laughs> and just lay, roll over on its back and put its feet up. And <laughs> Yeah, you had an experience that uh, it's awesome, man. I'm glad that you did. Yeah, I'm so glad I was able to make it out here. Yeah, it certainly made the camp better. No, but uh, but yeah, I'm trying to think. So August and then whitetail season starts in South Texas. 
I mean, legally it starts October, but for me it's really November to to January. And so, you know, it's but the, having that turkey camp, turkey hunting, obviously, you know, it was rough for everybody but me. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but then having this, which was like turkeys just, are just the dumbest animal ever. Sorry to the people out there who love turkey hunting. Yeah, you know, there's some. It's. I hope I don't offend people, but man, there are people that just love hunting turkeys. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> and that's like their their goal, you know. And I love it too, but not to not where like that. no. But um, it's interesting, you know. I, I so yeah, it's it's sort of like there's a part of me that's like looking forward to taking a few months off from hunting, but at the same time, it's also it's like just like what you said, it's awesome to get the gear out. Sort of, you know add more arrows of experience to the quiver so to speak and um sort of go from there but especially with like spot and stalk with like clothes and layering and all that stuff and like what works what doesn't and so you can just sort of like hit the ground running on more on stuff like mule deer and elk which yep. I love. oh yeah it it is huge for improving your skill on that but uh we're gonna be doing another podcast a little bit later with other guys from camp so we're gonna kind of pick up where this one leaves off but i do want to say um this whole experience with nick and Britt is because of the hard work they've put in too and i know that uh, there's a lot of outfitters out there that do great jobs and there's a lot of them that i i can't personally vouch for but i know that i bring my closest friends here because i mean i trust that everyone's going to come here and have a really good time and you know the hardest the hardest part about it is like space is limited you know yeah um good yeah <laughs> but well, they, considering how out, out in the yeah. middle of nowhere we are like seriously we're on an island in northern british columbia and this had like there's great shower, bathroom, plumbing, yeah. Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi. I mean, <laughs> yeah. are you kidding me? You know, which I refuse to use it except for FaceTime home. But yeah. other than that, I refuse to use it. No, but it's just unreal. It's it's incre- it's incredible. Like this, the <laughs> the amount of great food and and you would expect it to be like ten times rougher, you know, than it was. But yeah, it's amazing. It's rough in the right places for sure. It's like you go to certain. Well, this mo- every morning you've been down at sunrise just sitting on the beach. Yeah. Just watching it come up. But uh, if you want to talk to these guys about any kind of hunting, right now we're doing uh, bear hunting, but we've also got moose. Um, we booked in on a moose camp this fall, which normally there's a bit of a delay. I know that for bears they had some last-minute cancellations. So if you're listening to this and you really want to do something by the end of June, or, well, I guess it'd be mid-June or something, but – uh, better give them a call, but it's Chicolton River Outfitters, uh, and Nick's number is five eight seven eight nine six two zero four two, um, or you can email Chicolton Chick Chilcotin River Outfitters at hotmail dot com. So these guys are awesome. You will not be disappointed. And dudes, we've got our last our last breakfast. Yep. Coming up soon enough, we're kind of, I've got a small combination of boiling bear skulls and my hot coffee in front of my face. That's like what I smell right now. <laughs> and a little bit of bacon outside. So, man, thanks everybody for coming. Oh, yeah. Cheers. Yeah. None yeah. Of Cheers, you have guys. Coffee cups. But uh, we'll check you later, everybody. Knock on. See ya. Be sure to visit knockonarchery.com to see our entire line of trendy knock-on lifestyle clothing. knockonarchery.com